0: Hello and welcome to the What Manners Most podcast. I am Thomas Farley. Thank you so much for joining me. And I've got to say, when you create a podcast, and of course the planning for this has been months in the making, probably the last thing from your mind is, what do I do for content when everything that we know and love and appreciate about our world is going to be turned completely upside down. And yet that is the situation we are facing as the coronavirus has just completely delivered a one-two punch unexpectedly as we uh, try and grapple with what this means for our businesses, our families, our homes, our lives in this time of fear and anxiety and isolation. And I I asked myself in that new realm that we're all dealing with right now, what role does etiquette have to play? And it's my firm belief that not just etiquette, but truly manners and the importance of kindness, thoughtfulness, consideration, patience are more vital now than they ever have been before. If we're going to get through this Good Manners will be one of the rudders that helps us get through this stormy sea that is the coronavirus. And with that in mind, I thought, what better topic to start with than that of relationships, about the very thing that makes us human. And so we will be uh, joined very shortly by Andrea Surtash. She is a Very good friend of mine and a name that you may recognize if you have uh, read some of her relationships books, seen her on TV. She's just an absolute bright light of information. And we're going to be speaking with Andrea about... How to ensure that the vital, most important relationships in your life, those with your significant other, your family, your children, how they don't suffer, but in fact can thrive and help one another feel even more self-sustained at this time. And, and how to reach out to the people who are far away, the people that we don't have in our households. How do we keep those relationships alive? And why is the outreach to those individuals more important than ever? And then last but not least, I'm going to ask Andrea about dating in the era of coronavirus. Is this something that is still possible? Should you be welcoming new people into your life? And if so, how? So my conversation with Andrea coming right up. So welcome back. As promised, we are joined by one of my just absolute favorite people in the entire world. And I've got to say in the times that we're living, it's so important for us to be connecting with our loved ones and our good good dearest treasured cherished friends and one of those people certainly is and you will find out why. As Andrea Sertash. Andrea, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me and to share what I know are gonna be some wonderful insights with my listeners.
1: I'm so happy to speak with you and reconnect over this crazy time. Just to hear your voice has been comforting too.
0: Absolutely. So, now just for context, you are a Canadian by birth, you are a New Yorker by passion, and and a longtime New Yorker at this Mm -hmm. point. But you now, you and your husband and your baby daughter, you are living north of the border, at least temporarily right now. You're back up in Toronto.
1: I am. I didn't expect to be. But on Friday of last week, I read the news about the craziness in New York City where we live in Brooklyn, New York. And that had a lot of cases. And I just started to feel like Mama Bird just came out. <laughs> and I I don't know. We rented a car and drove north. I think in any time of a uh, struggle or vulnerable times our hearts sometimes want to be near near or closer to family and where we we are you know where i grew up in this case canada so i have lived in new york since 2006 i consider myself very much a new yorker my heart is still there but i'm glad my body is here
0: well i really want to dive into it with you andrea because You are a relationship expert, and that is so different from somebody who's just a dating coach or somebody who's a matchmaker, because you focus, of course, on romantic relationships, but you focus on all sorts of relationships, so family relationships with your in-laws, your parents, your siblings, your friends. Mm -hmm. Could we just start off with, for those listeners who are at home, perhaps for the very first time, underfoot with... Uh, a spouse who's working from home, You, you may be working from home, you've got children who are trying to school from home. What is the secret or what are some bits of advice that you would like to share that will help everyone get along a little bit better? Not only are people feeling anxious overall, but now we're having to spend so much time indoors without our normal diversions like soccer and seeing our friends and going out to a movie, but we're all, we're all in the same space. How do we survive that experience?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing that's important to acknowledge for ourselves and in our families is that this is not normal, but in the meantime, we have to create a new normal and we have to create a new structure to make it work. So if we keep expecting to have the comforts, the freedoms, the life, the schedule that we had four months ago, we're going to be really let down. Uh, I believe so much of life and so much of relationships, so many relationship dynamics are centered around managing expectations. So my first tip is readjust your expectations. And that means setting up your new normal together. The The thing that I'd recommend, first of all, is sitting down if you are with a partner and you have children. So the scenario you just described, listen, it's hard. My husband and I are home. We have no child care. We have a toddler who needs constant attention. And we're both working. And I get that. It's a very hard balance. So we had to negotiate right away when this quarantine started with child care. Who's going to do what? How are we going to divide the day and not be on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And so how we divided it, and it's going to look different in different families and for different reasons, but I'll just tell you how we did it. Maybe there are lessons there. We divided the day by morning and afternoon and said that we will meet for as a family for meals. So Michael, quote unquote, goes to work at 8.15 in the morning. You know, the baby wakes up at 7. We get her changed. We eat breakfast. Then he goes to work. And then he stops work at 11.30 or 12, and we eat lunch together. And then at um, 12.30, I go up to start my work day. And our baby, in this case, we have a toddler who naps midday. So it ends up being you know three to four hours each of constant babysitting with our baby. Mm-hmm. But then we, we have a few hours of work. So that's really worked out for us. We've also, and we have, again, meals together. So that's a great way for us to still spend time, meaningful time. When we put the baby to sleep, we don't want to ignore our primary relationship, you know, as a couple. And I wrote a book called cheat on your husband with your husband, which talks a lot about the fact that it's so easy quarantine or not. (laughs) It's so easy to become roommates and to get in these schedules and to lose sight of your first relationship with your partner. So I think you really have to work at that. And What we've made a commitment uh, to do is when she goes to bed, which in this case is usually 7.30 or 8 p.m. and we're exhausted, we we do a common activity together. And that might be sit-ups. You know, last night we did a little workout routine that was like 10 or 15 minutes, which is online. Another night we read um, pages of a book, but we committed to no screens, I just want to say, because we're on screens all day. During this quarantine... More than ever, we're video chatting, we're video conferencing, we're watching TV. So part of the way we actually shut off is no screens for an hour after our baby goes to bed. Mm. And just connecting as partners and not as um, parents. It's really important. At By 9 o'clock, I'm ready for a screen. I'm ready to just shut off my brain and put on Netflix and sh- watching a show together that we look forward to but we only allow ourselves one hour for that. And then we go up to read at 10 PM and it's worked out really well because this is our new little structure that again, isn't what we do in our daily lives usually because usually I'm out at events and meetings and we're kind of coming and going, but it allows us to have quality time with our family, with each other and um, with ourselves. When I'm reading upstairs, that's quiet time for myself or I'm taking a bath or doing whatever before bed. It's quiet time. So, so that was a really long answer, but maybe, maybe you can glean something.
0: That's from that. no, absolutely. That's, that's really useful information. I particularly like the, uh, the no screen time where you really are making that time for one another. And I think particularly when you are enjoying some screen time, whether it's together or independently, I think having it not be the news, which I mm-hmm. think can be so destructive to, our general state of well-being right now with all the awful news that's out there to get consumed by that can only bring us down to a lower point. Mm-hmm. And of course, important to remain informed. You don't want to stick your head in the sand, but uh, you are just tuning in pretty much 24 seven. I, I just, I don't feel personally that that's very healthy for an individual or for a relationship.
1: Totally agree. I think we have to just like we're staying six feet away from people. We have to stay away from the news during the day. Maybe we we make a commitment that we'll check it X number of times a day, but not all day, certainly. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I'm not as disciplined with no screens in my everyday life. It's been a really creative exercise for us as a couple to carve out an hour for each other without a screen. It's great. It's a great challenge and a great way to bring a bit of connection and romance back.
0: How about uh I feel like a lot of people at this time are not necessarily feeling their most glamorous. So you've got people <laughs> yes. people are not able to get their root touch-ups, they're not able to get their brows shaped, they're not able to get to the gym and and do their Zumba classes. How do you and how important is it is it for people to still feel beautiful or or attractive to their partner? And how important is it for you to be doing those sorts of things for your partner to show that grooming and hygiene and, and beauty and, and handsomeness still even matter?
1: Well, I mean, I think personally for me it's been helpful to dress up for our meal at dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When I say dress up, it means I'm getting out of my pajamas. I mean, like, like it's not like you're I'm not really you're not in an evening gown and stilettos. I'm not in an evening gown, <laughs> but I'm putting on a bit of makeup and I'm getting. I, I really am. I'm getting a little ready. We light a candle. We're. I'm getting ready for a nice dinner together, mm-hmm. making it a bit of an event because we've been apart all day. Actually, working or taking care of our child. Now we've been in a true quarantine situation where we can't even really go outside. Most people in the, the U.S. and Canada can still go outside. So I think there's still opportunities to not go stir crazy with your family at home. We can only spend so much time together. That's right. Carve out half an hour to take a walk around the neighborhood, even with your earbuds in, listening to music you like. Just doing something for yourself. Or in my case, I took my baby last week in New York when we were kind of quarantined, and, but I was still going outside. I took her for a walk and that felt really nice. So, um, we still want to, we still want to do that, but definitely, you know, you can make dinner the time that you're going to get put in the earrings or do do whatever to dress up a little. Mm -hmm. I also think most of us are on video chats, so it's not like no one's seeing us, which I think is a good thing because it makes us, you know, not stay in our robes all day necessarily. Yes. Yes.
0: I, I, I so agree. And, uh, and I love that advice too, about getting, getting outside and making some time for yourself and putting in those, those earbuds, because on the one hand, the idea of, a, a romantic weekend for just the two of you sounds great under normal circumstances when you're inescapable from the other person and you feel like you've been underfoot and trampling each other constantly and you can't get away from the other. It's, it's almost too much of a good thing. So. Well,
1: yeah, but I, I will argue that some couples are going to get closer through this mm-hmm. because it, when we connect in our everyday busy lives, research has shown. And again, I, I, I studied this for my book Gina, and Your Husband with Your Husband." I talked about this one study that showed the average couple with kids communicates for no more than fifteen minutes a day, uninterrupted. Wow! And that was even a that was even a liberal. I remember the study saying, well, that's like the most. <laughs> so this is a time, this is an opportunity to reconnect as lovers and partners, not just parents and roommates, because you have the time at home together. You're not running to a meeting. You're not, you know, you're, you're not in your everyday s- stressful situation that so many of us miss right now. But that's an opportunity to have more quality time in mm-hmm. your partnership. So it's, it's not necessarily going to create more friction with couples as long as they find space during the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, if they're not finding space, that's going to be more of a problem, I imagine.
0: Right. So uh, the idea that you, ca- you can be stronger together, providing that you establish the boundaries that you both need and, and then, of course, give one another the love and, and attention that you both are probably craving even more than ever.
1: Absolutely, and I I also feel for people who are not with families and partners because that creates a different kind of experience. We were speaking before, Tom, about how I imagine in some senses people who are living alone are productive at home if they have work to do or closets to clean, but obviously a different kind of loneliness might set in when you kind of wish someone was in your space cuddling you when you feel vulnerable, for instance. And I just can't stress enough to utilize the video option on your phone or your computer that most of us have. I had a virtual happy hour. You've heard of this more and more. I'm part of now a virtual book club. These things are really, they could be fun, but they're really important so that you remember you're not alone. Even though you're living alone, you're not alone.
0: Something I've been thinking about a lot and particularly for those who are older and maybe isolated in senior citizen homes or even elderly parents who those who are younger are feeling like they just don't want to be around those parents for fear of potentially infecting them, Mm -hmm. which is a big Mm -hmm. concern is video I think plays a really important role there too. So not just, uh, for romantic relationships, Absolutely. but for maintaining contact with family members who might be isolated or, or friends. And some of them, isolated. you know,
1: some, some, some of them may prefer the phone and that's fine, mm-hmm. but you just want to make sure that you're thinking about them and reaching out to them. I used to t- teach a relationship resolutions course every January at a spa in, in the States. And, um, We can use some of those tips now, actually. (laughs) Um, But one of the resolutions was to make your list of 10 people who you haven't spoken to, Mm -hmm. but who are still in your heart or significant, who you haven't spoken to in a while. Well, now is your time to cash in. I mean, make a list of some people. It could be someone, your old roommate. It could be a cousin that you really like, but you haven't caught up with in a year. It doesn't matter who. But who comes to mind when you think of a connection that you love speaking with and it just has been a long time now is your moment uh make that date to catch up this is this is going to do wonders for our relationships i believe this this uh quarantine
0: i think that's a great tip and I, and i think you you really hit it on the head when you said make that date to catch up I think it's important that because we don't know where people are in their own anxiety or their own work in the middle of their workday is treating it like an actual appointment or an actual mm-hmm. visit. So I am not a big fan of just ringing somebody's doorbell out of the blue and saying, hey, I was in the neighborhood thought I'd stop in. You know, if you know somebody who really has absolutely nothing going on and is just aching for visitors, that's, a you know, under normal <laughs> circumstances. That's a lovely surprise. But. A lot of people would find that just to be not exactly the most welcome way to stage a visit. So I think making sure that you reach out, yes, but I would reach out and and set up a time when you can talk so you can have all your technology ready and you know that that they can speak with you without fear of worrying about work that they should be attending to or having to help with their kids' schoolwork in that moment. Um, So you can really have an undistracted and free conversation.
1: Yes, and you'll probably dress up a bit for that one too, and that's good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love. I then love you're that. you're not just you know, kind of days turn into weeks and months where you're wearing <laughs> the same thing, <laughs> right. which which can happen when you're homebound. I think you know the 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 good part of going outside too is that you're going to get dressed. Yes. So all of these things are important for our mental health, and I, the most re- uh, important relationship we're ever going to have is with ourselves. And our and a lot of us might feel. Like we're losing ourselves because we're not grooming as much. We're not at work. Maybe we're defined by certain things we can't do right now. Like go to the gym, whatever it is. So it's really important to find those moments in your day to feed your soul, to feed your spirit. And that for some people is calling a good friend. For some people, it's a walk with music. It's meditation. It's painting. It doesn't matter what it is. Cooking, Find that, that outlet that nurtures your yourself because you, at the end of the day, you are most important here because then you'll be better for every other relationship.
0: I think also for those who do have young children, and I've got lots mm-hmm. of wonderful nieces and nephews, for example, don't underestimate the value and the joy that, that your own children can bring to the lives of other people when you are doing a video call. So mm-hmm. there's just something really for me, just heartwarming and and very uplifting to see my nieces, for example, come on and show me a drawing that they did, and mm-hmm. uh, that just that childlike wonder, that hope. They're not bogged down with quite the same sense of anxiety that a lot of adults are right now. We're thinking about financial considerations and uh, and health considerations. That that childhood innocence, I think, is a wonderful thing to be able to share with the uh, important people in your lives so that when you do schedule those, those video chats with friends and family members involve the children as much as you can.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. Children are a beacon of light because they, yeah, they don't know really what's going on all the time. Well of a certain age for sure. But I, but I, you know, I think in general research always shows that we adjust, we're quite resilient as humans we adjust to new situations faster than we think, and we will all get through this. I think the most important thing that I've held on to and I've shared in various um, interviews I've had during this crazy time is, well, it's hard, It's we know it's not permanent. And what can we do knowing it's not permanent to really maximize this time to find gifts that aren't usually going to show up in our everyday busy lives.
0: I think that's a great perspective on it. If we all feel that these are just a phantom period of weeks or months that were completely devoid of anything productive, anything useful, anything soul uplifting, what an unfortunate thing that would be. And I think the the more that we can find those silver linings, whether it's deciding, I feel like I want to try and learn a new language. Uh mm-hmm. you know, if we can learn. Those are
1: great goals or, right now. Or, great you know, goals.
0: Yeah. Or become better at crossword puzzles or or d- tackle that junk drawer that never gets tackled. There is a sense of personal accomplishment because at what other point in our lives do we have the luxury of of bettering ourselves in those ways?
1: And also we're going to come out of this so renewed and so thankful for what we've taken for granted. In our lives like social socializing <laughs> so, yes. in person so there there are going to be gifts uh, as much as we're going to reel after this and sadly a lot of us have loved ones who may be affected or we may be affected I mean that's all scary so that I don't want to undermine the gravity of, of that but I do think when this is over we're not going to look at certain things the same way and In some cases that may be a good thing.
0: Before we wrap Andrea, I wanna ask you, we've been focusing on relationships that are existing relationships. So your spouse, your family members, your children and how to nurture and keep those relationships healthy and and perhaps even emerge that much stronger on the other end of this. I'm curious now about relationships that don't yet exist. So Mm -hmm. either uh, starting new friendships Uh, and if that's advisable and if so, how, and also dating and starting new friendships in an era where so much of what we're doing is just entirely virtual. Is this the time to even be thinking about that or should we just be focusing on the relationships we have and and worry about the new friendships or new dating opportunities at a later point?
1: I think it's a great time to, for years, I've talked about video dating Um, Mm -hmm. as a great option in this era where we all have the capacity to be doing it. Video dating doesn't mean that you're dating for six months on video. What it means is having kind of a pre-date on video. The number one complaint I hear from singles, I've done a lot of research over 15 years on dating and online dating, um, is that the person they meet on a blind date looks or sounds nothing like the profile. A great way... To, get at, to not have that situation is to schedule a, a video chat. You'll quickly see and hear and feel how this person is. Is it a replacement for in-person? No. It's not trying to be that. But it's a great first step before you can meet in real life to not get catfished and to really get a sense of who someone is. And I think we can play with that feature right now and then like, think of the anticipation if you do have a connection of getting to meet in person probably in a couple months.
0: Yeah yeah. any tips on how to be your best self on a video date?
1: Well, I think you definitely want to put in the effort to look nice and uh, on a video date, I think you should let your date know like let's have a 15 or 20 minute chat with it with a drink. It could be it doesn't have to be alcoholic, but let's both bring a drink and schedule it for 20 minutes. And if it goes well, we can always schedule another one. But I would set a start and end time for the date before it starts because uh, otherwise it it might get awkward.
0: I I love that. I love that. And not everybody, of course, is super comfortable on camera and may Mm -hmm. not be at their best. So uh, we could certainly use this as a screening tool, but perhaps not eliminate somebody entirely who showed promise otherwise just because they didn't give their best performance on camera.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think the key with video chats in general is to be ourselves and that we're not Tom, Tom, you and I do a lot of television. Obviously we're ourselves, but we're a little amped up because we're under lights and we're on stage. And, but that's not what a video chat is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. Right. you don't have to be perfectly presenting any, you're not speaking in sound bites. It's okay to just be yourself as my point. And, uh, take the pressure off that you have to be perfectly polished. It's 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 as if you're meeting someone in person. You just have a computer there. I mean, that's how you have to think about it.
0: Being your authentic best self.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I guess my biggest takeaway during this time, whether you're single or partnered with your family, whatever situation you're in, feed your, your soul first and your spirit first. So t- practice self-care is the number one. And then take care of those relationships that sometimes you don't have time for is number two. And if you do those two things, you're going to be fine during this time.
0: Well, Andrea, that is excellent advice. And I I knew I came to the absolute uh, authority and the right person for this uh, when I was (laughs) thinking about who I wanted to talk to. I want to just thank you so much for taking time away from what you've described as your, your busy day between your, your work, your, the business that you manage from home, your, your relationship with your husband, Michael, and, and of course with your, your baby daughter. So thank you for taking sure. The time.
1: So happy to speak with you and it's no, it's a great part of the day to speak with people. I, I care about. So thanks for reaching out and everyone stay safe, stay yeah. healthy.
0: Yes. Thank you, Andrea. You stay healthy and well, and I look forward to seeing you. On video, but in person, hopefully not too uh, long from now as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much to Andrea Surtash for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for listening and tuning in. I am going to issue you a challenge. I love Andrea's suggestion that we all come up with a list of 10 names of people that we have not had contact with in a while and get back in contact, get back in touch. What a wonderful gift to them. What a wonderful gift to ourselves to rekindle a friendship that has fallen off the radar for both individuals. Try it. Let me know how it goes and drop me a line. Uh, You'll find me at Mr. Manners on social media, which is Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, or through a contact form on my website, which is whatmannersmost.com. This is also your opportunity to let me know of any questions you might have or any ways that I might be able to serve you as we all face this common enemy together with information and strategies uh, to rekindle kindness, compassion, consideration, all essential traits. Because let's face it, we may not all be doctors, we may not all be epidemiologists, but the one thing that does unite us is that we are all human beings. We are all in this together and we are all going to get through it together. So thank you once again for being a part of this journey as we explore, examine, and strive to excel at what manners most.